We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation Sports Talk. And as Joe just jumped in, it is a hump day. It's Wednesday, the midweek mailbag, Vince D'Addario is back. It's been a few weeks since we did a mailbag together. It's true. Wednesdays, for whatever reason, have been my bugaboo here lately. Like, it, you know, Wednesdays are a problem. I don't know why. It's just, let's plan stuff for Wednesday. Um, so here, here we are. No here we are. Today. Here to answer questions. We've only got a few in, so uh, get your questions in if you're logging yeah, in. Yeah, man. Right Come now, on. it's mailbag day. It's like, this is the day we, we count on you. Well, let's start with some hard-hitting ones from Tommy Guns. Why is the pizza box square if the pizza is round? <laughs> I guess it's because you can't fit a square peg in a round hole. I don't know. Ooh. Like, Well, and you never know really around. like exactly how big a pizza is going to get when you're, you know, doing yeah. at least the pizza I buy. I don't know. Right. You know, you got the, the, the spinning and, you know, so you got to have some wiggle room, I guess, is the best way to put it. I guess that squares probably stack better than That's a good call. That's a good call, too. too right. Yeah, it's a good yeah. call. Because like you can it's cleaner. Do... It's cleaner, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and the other thing is, we all know that pizza boxes come flat, and you got to fold them, right? Oh, it's really yeah. Difficult to fold into a circle. Fold a circle, yeah, yeah. So it'd be be more work, I think. Yes. Folding circles, logistics, people. Tommy also wants to know: Is there another word for thesaurus? <laughs> uh, that word book. He had a lot more that he was oh. just flipping in there earlier, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, what got into him, what's on his mind today, Man. but he can't say that we don't answer his questions. No. <laughs> or at least attempt to. I mean, there was some, I read some of them. I, there's a lot going on there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. All right, do you want to get to some, uh, some actual questions? Yes. We don't have go. a lot in here right now. We're not sitting on a Come lot. Come on, people. Come on. So get them in. Get them in. Check out the backside here um pat wants to know any health update on coles here thomas we're not going to get that till next week yeah i mean because that's that's when the next press conference is thomas is was, my week he, we're not getting thomas played efficient. i mean he played last week yeah. i mean it wasn't he didn't get targeted because notre dame doesn't target their outside wide receivers <laughs> um and so well they they did chris tyree because tyree was he was the no he was the slot outside. it was two slots it was a trips formation I know it was trips because Jesse actually diagrammed it yesterday. I was thinking, was he in? He was the middle guy. Was he the second? Was he the middle guy? Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
They had two slots. Yeah. All right. They were still next to each other, which was what I was which saying is, last week was. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So that was good. But you're right. For whatever reason, the outside receivers, they don't, they're not getting much of it. But still, it's like Sam Hartman's still not taking a lot of shots down the field. That was one of the few actual shots downfield, the one to Tyree that he took in that game. So this is true. Philip, if Notre Dame wins out, do they play in a New Year's Six game? 100%. No doubt about it. Yep. Because yeah, I agree. And, and here's my reasoning, right? I'm not going to just say yes and then go to the next question. Um, <laughs> you could. My re- my, I could. My reasoning behind it is if they were a one loss team, I think they got a great shot at college football playoff. So if they're a two loss team, next tier down, New Year's Six. And the New Year's Six games don't mean anything to anybody anymore, even though. We will still celebrate if they win it because it'll be the first one that they've won since 1993. We would still celebrate that. But all they care about in the New Year's Six games now, if they're not a semifinal game, is ratings, right? That's all they care about. So if Notre Dame's even on the fringe of a New Year's Six game, they're in because Notre Dame brings eyeballs. So they're definitely going to make it if they win out. No doubt 100%. 100%. If they win out, they're going to end up being somewhere – Somewhere in the vicinity, top 10, top 12 yeah. in that range. That's yeah. where you need to be to make a New Year's Six game. And and there are going to be plenty of other teams that are going to lose in front of them that are going, going to fall behind them if Notre Dame keeps winning out. Because a lot of these – look at – I mean, it's it's conference play now. We're in the thick of conference play. And a lot of these teams are playing each other. Like you got Penn State, Ohio State this weekend, for example. You had Oregon, Washington – last weekend and you're going to get that litany of all these teams you know usc is going to have to play both washington and oregon and utah here in the next few weeks plus ucla at the end of the season so right there's gonna be a lot of multi-loss teams who are not multi-loss teams right now it's going to help <laughs> yeah. notre dame out assuming they keep winning this is true we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The fall season is incredibly busy for me, which makes it hard to spend the time needed to make healthy meals and live a healthy life. If you have the same problem, you'll want to try Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I've had Factor Meals, and I'm going to continue buying from them, especially with this special discount for Irish Breakdown listeners. 
With Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. You can choose from 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off. I've tried it. I'm sticking with them. You should try too. Joe says, what New Year's Six game do you want to see Notre Dame in, and who do you want them to play? I mean, that's a tough one because here's okay well let, let's go this let's go this route uh sean okay you've got here are your four available ones right the cotton bowl which is an at-large versus an at-large mm-hmm. there's the peach bowl which is at-large versus at-large apparently mm-hmm. you've got the orange bowl which is the acc versus the big 10 or sec and you've got the fiesta bowl which is at-large versus at-large so there's more at-large teams. I always thought when the Rose Bowl wasn't played that they did a Pac-12 versus a Big Ten in a different bowl, which maybe they would do anyway. Uh, but the Rose Bowl is a semifinal, and so is the Sugar Bowl. So those are off the table. Yeah. Um, so what that means is there's six at-large bids. That's more than usual. Uh, and so there's more of an opportunity for Notre Dame to play in multiple bowls, right? So... I don't know. Like, where would you rather go? Dallas, Atlanta, Miami. They've been to Dallas a couple times at this point, to Arlington, whatever, Jerry World. They were in the Fiesta Bowl. Atlanta would be something new. It would. Yeah. It would. I can't tell you the last – like, if they ever even played in a Peach Bowl, I don't think they have. Because I thought the Peach Bowl had different tie-ins, so I didn't even think the Peach Bowl was available to Notre Dame to be honest with you. Now, getting my information from Wikipedia at the moment, so take that for what it's worth. (laughs) But I don't know. I Yeah, let's go. I've been to a Fiesta Bowl. It was a lot of fun. It was great. Went golfing. It was a lot. I mean, it was good. It was great. I don't know that I want to do that again right away, right? So I don't know. I'm Miami. I'm not really a Miami guy. So I'll... Peach Bowl would be fun. I'd say Peach Bowl. Who they play, someone they can beat. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I, I don't really care. <laughs> I, I honestly don't care who they play. Yeah, it's got to. They got to win. They got to win. I concur. I mean, I know people want, people want LSU, which is definitely a possibility, especially if they remain, excuse me, a two-loss team. I mean, that's definitely possible. Um, I, I don't know. Do I want that hype? Do I really? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see as the season wears on if if I would like that or not. Right. Would, would you want to see a Brian Kelly, like the Kelly Bowl? Would you really want to see that? Nah, I really I don't, don't. I don't think so either. Still too soon. I just don't want any of that hype right now. Yeah. Like, I could do without it. Yeah. Agreed. And other than that, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't really matter. Just play somebody as long as they can win. <laughs> yeah, I want to win. That's, that's, that's Need to win one yeah. of those New Year's Six Bowls. At this point, now see if it's if it's in Dallas though, you might be able to couple that with a Cowboys game. Yeah, that's true. It's possible. I don't know what the timing 
you know, how that all breaks down and all that. Yeah. But I mean, it's by then they might be, I think they'll be into the, the NFL will be into the playoff. Well, maybe no, cause it's right there on the, it's the yeah. let's see. It is December 30th. So don't they, they play regular season games into January, don't they? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I know they play, they play, I know they play in Buffalo. I can't remember exactly. Pulling it up. Who the end of the schedule. It might be. I don't know. I'm pulling it up. You're Let's pulling see up here. the Cowboys schedule. So January 7, they play the Commanders on the road. And then December 30th, they have a night game uh, at home against the Lions. Oh, that's right. Could Lions. end up being a pretty darn good game. Yeah. And uh be a game they end up losing. So, so I wouldn't they want could, to waste my money on that. I mean, they could play in the Cotton Bowl on the 29th, and then on the 30th, they're playing the Lions. It's not a bad back to back there, buddy. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Unless I want to see them win. I mean, <laughs> Lions might have shut it down by then. They might have had things wrapped up. That's true. End of the season. I don't know if that's one I'd want to waste a lot of money on. Either hey, way, that's a good point. We're good media. Point. It's all good. <laughs> Who are your MVPs? Anthony wants to know. Oh, man. That's tough. Because, and it's tough for two reasons. Defense, I think you got a lot of options. Yeah. Offense, I think you got a lack of options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, I, I mm. I mean, offense, it's got to be Estime or Hartman, even though that, both of them have yeah. not had great games here the last few weeks for different reasons. But it's got to be one of those two. And, like, Hartman would be a slam dunk if they were still playing the way they were a month ago. But there's enough sure. doubt right now, I think, that it's like, is he? I brought – gosh. I don't know. Who do you go – who would you go with? between those, those are my top those are my top two i was yeah. leaning towards estime uh to be honest with you but i could make a great argument for either one i could make an argument for sam hartman for sure um especially considering you know what he did the first four games i could make an argument for sam hartman i think i would go with estime though at this point still a lot of football to be played yeah yeah for sure defense is tough i know Defense is really hard because you could go with an MVP for each level, like defensive mm-hmm. line, linebacker, secondary, um, because Cam Hart's played really, really well. Obviously, Xavier Watts had a hell of a game this past game. So, I mean, those would be my two candidates there. I mean, Benjamin Morrison's played well, but Cam Hart's played better uh, this season, right? Yeah. I think, you know, linebacker, I think J.D. Bertrand should get some votes as to for MVP. He's played really, really well. Yep. Uh, even though people hate him, he still played really, really well. Um, and then up front, Howard Cross, I think, would be the front runner right now. But Javante Jean-Baptiste has played really good football. I think Riley Mills has played good football. Now, there's a lot of uh, a lot of options there. I think that, I mean, and I agree with all of your points. I think that I would have to go with Howard Cross right now. Okay. No I think he's in, been the most consistent. Yeah, right? No defensive lineman with more tackles than him. And yeah, you just you don't see defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, especially with the with the amount of tackles that Howard Cross has. So it's it's I think it 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 starts with him at the point of attack. That's why I'd have to go with him right now. 
Yeah, I could definitely see that. And a close second for me would be Cam Hart. Those would be my two, to be honest. And then third would be J.D. Bertrand. That's yeah. how I would rank them right now defensively. Probably go that direction as well. We need some more questions, people. I'm starring some crazy questions right now. <laughs> uh, and obviously, Sean is the filter. So, so Brian, I don't know if I, I haven't got all the way through this. So, the slot position creates mismatches that you don't get on the outside. Therefore, should be the number one look more often. Coverage is usually softer, and the matchup is against linebacker or safety. So, again, it's more of a statement, less true a question. He's looking yeah. for a true false on that. Um, oh, there it is, <laughs> right at the very beginning. True or false? I mean, it's essentially true, but you can't ignore the outside receivers, which Notre Dame has done over the last few games. They've only thrown to the slots. So, yes, it creates mismatches, but you have to be more multiple than just going to the slot all the time. So, th there's the answer. And more often than not, teams are not covering... They, they do to a degree, if it, depending on who you have in the slot, right? Whether you're going to be covered by a linebacker or a safety. But there's a lot of really good nickels out there who are the third corner who are covering the slot as well. So that's it's not like the old days where they're just flexing out a linebacker on like a Percy Harvin. I mean, Percy Harvin used to eat defense's lunch because, I mean, it was a mismatch, right? Back in the day when Florida was doing their thing. Now you got more nickel, more dime, things of that nature. So it's not the mi the mismatch that I think a lot of people think it is. Yeah. What I loved about lining Faison and and Tyree up right next to each other is exactly what you saw on that play because sure. you've got two speed guys playing inside. Safety's got to go somewhere, and then you've just got a one on one with the other guy. You know, you you ended up one on one. Chris Tyree with a corner and it worked out perfectly, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't really answer this question. I mean, the, the bottom line, like the Louisville, the first Louisville interception Flores is playing outside and they throw a jump ball to basically their, their smallest outside receiver. Now they're still banged up at that point. I don't think great, like great house barely played, you know, at all. And I think that that's what they'll get out of this bye week well they can he played a bunch down. but he played on the outside and so that he didn't get thrown to well he was, he was my point is flores was an outside guy on that play and that's who they chose to throw a, a jump ball to on sure. that play that's not the guy i'd be throwing you know up a jump ball rico flores in a jump ball situation but that's yeah what, that's great house played a ton they just never threw him the ball and yeah. he was open by the way a lot yeah again it's just it's just weird because it's not the way things were operating early in the season. Exactly. That's the hard – like, it's not like they haven't done it. And that's the most frustrating part about all of this. It's not like they haven't done it. <sighs> Jeff, if all the wide receivers are back from injury, et cetera, and can play the rest of the year, who do you see being the most productive becoming number one option or option one? If everybody's 100% healthy, it's going to be Jaden Greathouse. I think he's the one that Hartman – kind of fell in love with early but then he got hurt and so i feel like if everybody's healthy and they're back then he is the guy that he wants to throw to i'm hoping that that if they're going to put him on the outside i really hope that that's the case because then it opens up more on the inside as well they're just and they, not... they've almost they, they pretty much have to put him on the outside at right. this point because of the fact that you've got tyree and Faison both out there 
you know? Right. And again, I, I, I like what they can do with that, but somebody's got to play outside and great house should be able to be just as productive playing out there. Right. Agreed. I want, I want more, more speed, get your guys out there. All yeah. they, if you're a wide receiver, you should know all three positions period. And yeah. And I mean, you know, like he's asking who's, you know, who's going to be the most productive option one. I just, I, I, I don't think there's ever going to be an option one in this right. offense, first of all. And like, like you look at, at even Chris Tyree, again, he's over 20 yards per catch and he's got all these yards, but he doesn't have high volume to him. It's it's a handful, two to three catches per game is what he's right. getting right now. Like the most volume has gone to Mitchell Evans and really even he's kind of disappeared the last couple of games. This is true. Not completely disappeared, but you know, again, in terms well, of, of they volume. did a good, they good, they did a good job of of bracketing him and mm -hmm. covering him. You know, USC did, and they left everybody else one on one. I mean, they were saying, "Hey, you're not going to throw to your favorite guy, and we don't think you're going to throw to anybody else." <laughs> and they stacked the box. Let's keep it on the receivers, Brent. Any sources have an explanation for the absence of Braylon James? freshman who's not ready i mean that's the explanation i mean i <clears throat> i don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure that out because if he was ready he'd be playing i mean jordan Faison was a walk-on freshman and yeah. he's playing if braylon so, james was ready jordan Faison wouldn't have a scholarship yeah, right that's now 100 accurate yes yeah absolutely so i don't know what it is that that makes him not ready i i don't know you know there's a million different possibilities right but if he was ready, he had ample opportunity the last two games to come in and play. And yes. he's not. And they elevated last the three. Because going back That's to true. Duke, remember when they had yeah. three scholarship three receivers because they yeah. hadn't they hadn't played Faison at that point. And that's I think that's the one that you've got to point to. When you're down yeah. to as few scholarship receivers who are healthy as they had in that game, and there's no James, it just comes down to the fact that James isn't ready to do it for whatever reason that happens to be. And of the three freshmen that we saw going back to spring and, and into fall camp, he was definitely behind the other two. That doesn't mean that he's still not going to be good and he you know can't do some things down the road, but it just clicks sooner than it does yeah. for, for some guys than others. Yep. Know? He's just not ready. Yeah. Because they've, they've shown that they're past this whole, you you know, you've got to know everything if you're a freshman right. and all this stuff with, with what they, I mean, look, like Faison had double whammy. He was not, he's not only a true freshman, but he was a walk-on lacrosse player. Yes. Who, who was on the scout team. Yeah. Who, who worked his way from scout team to scholarship wide receiver and productive scholarship wide receiver in a span of two weeks. So yeah, right. they're, they're not, they're not a hesitant by any means. It's just, if, if, if they're ready, they'll, They'll play. I have no doubt yeah. about that. So yes, we all we can read into it is he's not ready. The fact the fact that they that they elevated Faison just it's like they put an all caps bold that Braylon James isn't ready. You know what I mean? Like it, he's just not. He's not ready. We went and found somebody else because he's not ready. Period. And yeah. so yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. That is again, like you said. It doesn't mean he's not going to be a productive player for Notre Dame in the future. He's still a true freshman, but he's he's just not ready. So he's not playing. 
Salty getting into some deep stuff here with the Jack Swarbrick. He says he's openly talking about bargaining with college athletes to settle the long debate about fair compensation. Is he correct? Athletes need a solution. And I haven't, I haven't read this article. I think Ross Dellinger from, I think he's at Yahoo now, if I remember right. He used to be at SI. I heard he and Dan Wetzel and Pat 40. I heard part of their uh, college football inquirer podcast. He, was talking about how Jack Swarbrick, when they did some of the congressional testimony a few months back, there was a couple lines that Jack Swarbrick had in there about how he he does think that college athletes need to be essentially employees, and you know going going down that road. and And they made a good point in the podcast. It's it's interesting that he and Gene Smith at Ohio State have kind of taken this position. But they're also going to be retiring very soon. So sure. it's like it's like Voices get this louder is where you guys out. need to go. And by the way, I'm getting out of here so you can deal yep. with it if you decide to enact this. Yeah, it's it sounds like from what I was reading that Swarbrick basically went all the way, but not quite far enough to say that they should be employees. They're saying they should have revenue sharing. Right. It should be like a collective bargaining agreement, essentially. Which is, you know, essentially. I mean, it's like I you mean, said. Without saying it, you it can is. say they're not employees, right, but if exactly. you're going collective bargaining, then yeah. Well, that's... and I think the what they're trying to stay away from would be like insurance premiums and like you know all mm-hmm. the legal stuff that happens if they are actually employees, right? And so I, that's why they're not saying it. At least that's my guess as to why they're not saying it because of all the legal ramifications that come with them being employees, right? But he's arguing he's arguing for the players that they should get a revenue share. I, honestly, I don't see the problem with that. You know, I, I really don't. I don't see the problem with a revenue sharing situation for, for athletes. You know, the issue is going to be how, you know, is it going to be Who do you pay and how much? all sports? And yeah. is it going to be equal across the entire... 85 man roster do the walk-ons get something like there's a lot to iron out there and the percentages and all of those different things so they're a long ways away from making that happen and the key point to this whole thing and Swarbrick said it is it has to be enforceable so who's going to enforce it and what's going to happen if you do something wrong. I mean, yeah. You think we know the NCAA, NCAA has going no to? spine. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. Yeah. Therein lies the problem. Exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anthony, do we see changes on the offensive line after the bye week? You know, I don't think so. I mean, they did the rotation two weeks ago. They did not do it this past week. I don't think we see changes. I mean, this would be when I would do it if there if there needed to be change. If they had another performance on Saturday like they had the previous two weeks, then I would have said absolutely yes. But I thought the offensive line as a whole played a lot better Saturday night than they did the previous two weeks, right? So I don't see any changes forthcoming. 
but I would not be surprised if maybe there was a, a set rotation or something along those lines, but I, I don't think that they lost their position based on the way they played on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, th- I think that things at least came back around together pretty good. Like Marcus Freeman said they would, <clears throat> they would swap guys in and out if the, you know, if the game dictated that that's what they needed to do, if someone wasn't playing well enough and they played well enough against USC. Now, USC should have a better defensive line than what they have, you know, with Bear Alexander and some of these other transfers that they've got on that defensive line. They should be better, but that's not how they played. Notre Dame, Notre Dame's offensive line definitely outplayed USC's defensive front. I mean, just yeah. Uh, again, you know, going back to the fact that they had what, like 57 tackles for loss and all these sacks, you know, top three in the nation in yeah. both going in. And all they got was one tackle for loss right. the whole game. Now, that's obviously, you know, so my point is they played well against a team that had been doing well in those departments, even though they still weren't a great defense. So, yeah, I, I don't really expect that we see much change coming out of this bye week based on just based on the fact that it was better, a lot better against USC last week. Vince is shaking his head. Yeah, agreed. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, and you know yeah. what? Should I save this for rapid fire? Because I kind of have something you know, sure. quarterback related in rapid fire. Do that. I, I hadn't thought about this one until the other day when somebody put it on the board about like how many games that Sam Hartman's going to play. And somebody responded yeah. something along the lines of, he ain't playing in the bowl games, so it doesn't right. even matter or something like that. And I was like, I hadn't even thought about that, you know? Yep. Here's another bye week question. By the way, Zach Martin with a with an H, not a K, not the guy mm. down in Dallas, but still a good name. Should be. Uh, we got a couple of other of his questions start up that I'm going to kind of push into rapid fire as well. Because they're a little broader, I think. I like it. But Zach says with the bye week, who's your guess for a guy to sort of come out of nowhere or takes that next step after self-scouting? I mean, this is tough, Hmm. but if I were just to go based on like what we saw the other night, I might go with our guy Bubacor, the freshman. Had Had the play off the edge the other night and... It's not like any of the other Vipers. It's not that they're playing horribly, but none of them are lighting the world on fire right now. So sure. maybe Bubacor gets some more opportunities in the, in the over the last four or five games. That's not bad. I don't mind that one. That's a good one, actually, because I was trying to like the thing is like normally bye weeks come a lot earlier in the season. We played eight games. Like, is somebody going to actually come out of nowhere after right games like that's going to be really tough to do but but Bubakar is, is a good one to fall into that category because yes he had the sack in the last game which was a which was a huge situation obviously uh but is he going to become more of a rotation guy is he going to be involved that's that's actually a very good one because i i mean you could say phase on, but he was very involved in the game plan this past week. So would that count as a coming out of nowhere? Probably not. Um, man, I, I was really struggling to come up with somebody because I think we've seen pretty much everybody yeah. do something. Like unless it's Braylon James or, you know. Right. And I Eli Raritan maybe. But even then, there's, there's still two tight ends. What's crazy about the whole tight end situation, I've said this a few times, like, 
everyone was talking about a Holden stays there for a couple weeks, like he was the next great Notre Dame tight end. But then here comes Mitchell Evans, and really we've seen barely like Holden stays has a hundred yard receiving game this season. That's the true. The two tight ends, each of those tight ends has a hundred yard receiving game. But we really haven't heard that much of Holden stays since really the emergence of yeah. Mitchell Evans is kind of true. the go-to guy. So it's, it's, uh, man, my point is it's tough to even say that like Raritan is going to sort of come out of nowhere along those lines because the other two guys right. have, have both shown they can do it. And one kind of pushed the other one down. And he's, bit. I mean, Raritan's sitting at number three right now, and I don't see him surpassing either one of those two guys in the near future. Right. And they're not going to do a ton of 13 personnel. Right. So that would be very difficult. I think he's sitting at number three. He might be sitting at number four, depending. You know what I mean? Because uh, mm-hmm. the Flanagan is is really the number three, and he comes in on the short yardage, uh, and is you know kind of in the backfield as that wing position. What do you think about this one from Jeff? Do you think we'll see more of Burnham in place of Batello the last four games? Jordan has just not done it. Jeff says. I do. I think I think uh, Burnham is going to earn some reps here over the, the last four games. I do. You know, he was getting very limited reps, and we've seen those reps increase throughout the eight games, and I think that's not going to stop. I think it's going to continue. That's really the position on the defensive line that I, we had much higher expectations for going into this season, but of the four spots, it has been the least productive this year they're obviously getting a lot more on the other side out of Jamonte john baptiste in the two interior positions yeah uh, be, you know between cross and and riley mills especially mills these last few games so you know again that's why i went with with bubacor treyar treyar i can't say his name say now. Uh, that's why i went with bubacor because of the you know again because of the fact that they're not getting a lot of production so maybe we do maybe it's burnham and and Bubacor more. I don't know. I was looking for my pronunciation guide. Is it Treor? <laughs> is that how you say it? Is I it, or think is it Treori? So. I think so. I think it's Treor. Okay. I don't know where it is. Sean Michael, thoughts on the youth movement. I couldn't help but think when Treor got his sack that Keeley must be thinking down at Bama. Could have been him. I mean, if Keeley was at Notre Dame, he would have played before game eight, first of all. So, yes, it could have been him, um, but he would have played long, long ago, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Matt, who do you think could have helped most if they came back between Avery Davis and Braden Lindsay. Man. That's tough. I would say Avery Davis, assuming he was healthy. That was going to be mine too. And my reasoning behind it is he's a sure-handed kid. He's mm-hmm. really good at routes. His football IQ is so high. And not that Braden Lindsay's isn't, but I think they've got guys with Braden Lindsay's skill set on the roster as we speak. And so now I would take either one of them. Or both. I think that would be great. Give some more depth to the wide receiving core. But I would take I would take Davis. Yeah, Davis had a couple hundred yard receiving games two years ago. We haven't seen a hundred yard receiver That's over the last point. 
two seasons. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, and Davis was productive when he was healthy. And I mean, Lindsey obviously could have come back, and he opted not to pursue football even. And I, 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 I just think it would have been Davis. Joe wants to know. Did you find the pronunciation? I found it finally. What is, what is it? It's on page six. I was way okay. in the back. Uh, it's Traori. Traori. Okay. Yeah. So it's I, I not a to, silent e. Okay. I need. I need to let some of the uh, people on the beat know that because they're butchering it. But it's it's <laughs> Trey or Re. Okay. So Traori. All right. Love it. Good old pronunciation guide here. Good Love job. it. Joe wants to know if we think that they'll sit Faison to get his red shirt. Nope. I sure don't. I mean, they, they're they not worried about his red shirt right now. They wouldn't have given up a scholarship and made him a big part of the offense in the last game if they were thinking we're only going to play him for four games. No way. Exactly. And that, that was going to be my point. Exactly. You're not giving this kid a scholarship in the middle of a season a football scholarship, a full football scholarship, if you're just going to sit him and redshirt him. He's he's there to play all the way, and he can help, as we saw. If, again, even when he wasn't being thrown the football, he helped set up that touchdown to Chris Tyree. So there's there's a – with the state that the wide receiving core is in right now, they need Jordan Faison, and that's why he's out there. So they're not, they're not just going to give him a scholarship and, and then sit him for a couple games or, you know, yeah. What would it be? Three games or whatever. And try to keep a, try to keep a scholarship. No way. No way. 